Welcome to the Sorry Eyed Effect. I'm Steph. And I'm Jen. On this podcast, we'll be chatting about all things Williams Syndrome. The ups and downs, and what it's like living with Williams Syndrome. We're excited to share our community with you. Thanks for being here. Hi, this is Steph. Welcome to the Starry-Eyed Podcast. We are on episode two, girlfriend. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's amazing. Well, in episode one, we kind of had this idea to start episode two with um, why we call this podcast the Starry-Eyed Effect. Do you want to share with everybody what that's about? Yes, I would love to. The starry-eyed effect is um, people with blue eyes have this thing around their eye and it looks like a star. And I was reading about it and it's it's just so interesting, like how different, like people with brown eyes don't have it. Only people with blue eyes have it. Will With Williams syndrome. It's just incredible to learn that. Yeah, it's... I'm, I like pulled it up because I I couldn't remember what the the like official medical term mm-hmm. is the stel- I think it's stellate or stellate pattern in the eye and a lot of people with Williams syndrome like you said do have it and it's it's a stellate iris um, where your iris has this starburst like pattern in it and like you said you have blue eyes right Steph oh yes yeah, so does my daughter Stella. And so it's really obvious in people with really light eyes. So blue eyes, green eyes. Um, it does say that some people with dark eyes can have it, but you just don't notice it as much. Oh, wow. Interesting. But it is a characteristic that uh, uh, almost everybody I've seen in the Williams Syndrome Association, they have these beautiful, starry eyes. And so I love that idea that we're creating this podcast to focus on, you know, the beautiful parts of, of who you guys are having Williams syndrome. Yes, I totally agree with that. And I'm just so lucky that it came true. Never lose your shine, girlfriend. Right. Lose your shine. That's what this is about. Right. Oh, that's wonderful. Let's get into episode two. Yes, definitely. Let's do it. Our first guest today is Jake Morrow. He's from San Diego, California, and he works at Home Depot. He is a person with Williams Syndrome, and I'm so happy that he's on our podcast. Hi, Jake. I'm Jen. Hi, how are you doing? It is so nice to meet you. I don't think I've met you before. Do you go to conventions? Uh, I will be going in Phoenix. Next year, I'll be going. I've never been to one. Oh, good. Well, then I'll be excited to meet you. Usually when I um, meet a Williams Syndrome face, I never forget it. So I will be excited to meet you. Um, So you live in California. San Diego, California. Okay. Okay. That's exciting. I live in a place that's called the San Diego of Colorado. Um, So not the same weather, but we are the same in spirit. So a fun place. Have you always lived there? Yeah. I was born in a... Kaiser Zion in San Diego. That's awesome. Wow, wonderful. Um, and you are 
an adult, right? Like, how old are you? I'll be 28 in July. Okay. And you are working. I heard you just had a big work anniversary. Yep. Five years at Home Depot. Ooh. Tell us about what you do. Um, I'm a lot person, so I um, put uh, carts away and I help customers load. My favorite part is helping customers load because then I make them happy when they leave. Yeah. You're in charge of customer service, giving a good customer service experience. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's wonderful. Steph? Do you remind me, do you work? Um, no, but I volunteer a lot. You do. Yeah, that's awesome. Remind me what you're doing. I volunteer at a cat shelter called Dobster Kitty. I work at a place called Palace Theater. I run the store that they have. I also do um a food pantry at a church and I just love everything I do. It's amazing. It's fun. Yeah, I well, it's interesting because you both have sort of different jobs, but the you know common theme is that you guys both work in customer service jobs, right? Where you're helping to make whatever experience um, a customer is, is doing the best one. So that's awesome. And for those people who cannot see us, if they're listening, um, Steph is a huge cat lover and her cat is sitting on her lap as we speak. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, have, I bet you um... have a lot of questions. I have three dogs at my house. Oh, wow. You yeah. And a baby tortoise and two red ear slider turtles. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Which one is your favorite, dogs or reptiles? Dogs. I love my dogs. Okay. I don't blame you. <laughs> you don't believe me. What kind of dog no. do you have? Blame. I have two American bulldogs and a chow chow. Okay, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. Our houses are very similar because I have an American bulldog and I also have a tortoise. Who knew? Who knew we would share that connection? <laughs> My mom names uh, all the animals after Steelers and Penguins players from Pittsburgh. Okay, that's your thing. You you have good names for them. That's awesome. Yeah. What's the best name of your animal? Our tortoise name is Franco Harris. <laughs> that's awesome. So you're are you a big is it hockey? Hockey and football. Hockey and football. Okay. All right. That's exciting. So how did you feel about the Super Bowl? I enjoyed it. It was a good game. Finally watched a super a good Super Bowl that went back and forth instead of just no one scoring till the end. It was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Did you watch the Super Bowl stuff? Oh yeah. Yep. You did. I, I can't remember. The, I thought the um performance that Rihanna did was interesting because she's not afraid of heights. And I was like, oh my God, if I was up there, I'd probably be shaking like a leaf. I read on social media that half the people didn't like her performance and other people did. I mean, she was basically lip singing i guess or yes she was she wasn't she didn't get paid for it mm -hmm. and she's also pregnant with her second kid yeah that too well i think that's a great segue for us to talk about music steph you want to lead that question oh yes definitely so what type of music do you like i love um reggae music oldies rock and roll jazz a little bit heavy metal um Ooh. Mostly like 60s, 70s, and 80s music. Ah, do you play any instruments? No. Um, I have friends who have Williams syndrome that do. I play drums and guitar. Oh, wow. They yeah, play really rock drums. Too. Yeah, you don't play. They play drums and guitar. Yeah. But do you sing? Once in a while. <laughs> I have a friend who plays guitar and um, sings songs, so I'll, I'll go with him and sing Yellow Submarine. Oh, I love okay. that. That's oh. awesome. Yeah, this is a big Beatles fan over here. Steph is oh, like, me too. 
Mimi, Me too, why definitely. Go Beatles. You, yeah. You're Steph's love language right now. Um, you know she what's loves funny? That. Oh my God. You know what's funny is when I was a little baby and my mom would be driving in the car, as soon as Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds came on, I would wake up, start swaying back and forth. After the song was done, I'd fall right back to sleep. I love that song. That's my favorite song. Yeah. That's from and the really- um, Sergeant Pepper Lonely Hearts Club Band album. I love that song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Our- I've always loved that song. I actually Our named Beatles- one of my cats after that song. No way. Yeah, Lucy. Did? I had a cat named Lucy. Oh, that's awesome. So you both are big. Is that your favorite band? Of all time, yes. I like- the Beatles. Mm-hmm, definitely. I love the Beatles. Yeah, you, well, you both, it's interesting because, you know, lots of William Syndrome people love music. Um, Some play instruments, some sing. A lot of our community, though, just loves to listen to music, and you guys certainly fit into that. Um, And you already mentioned it a little bit, Steph, like the way that music makes you feel. Talk to us about music and your um relationship with it i love listening to music especially in the car like driving like me and my mom listen to the same music so we absolutely like everything it makes me feel really happy and i just love it and like when i'm really like upset or something I actually listened to Down With The Sickness, which is very unusual for me because I don't like that heavy, loud music stuff. But when I'm upset, that's what I listen to and it makes me feel better. Yeah, how about you, Jake? Uh, when I feel down, I uh, I put my earphones on and I go on walks, long walks, and I feel happy when I come back. Oh, that's good. My mom's a huge yeah. Tom Jones fan and a Donna Summer. She loves tom jones and donna summer <laughs> awesome do you can like at work can you listen to music or because you're interacting with customers is that hard to do a lot of them wear like those tiny round earphones when they're working mm-hmm. but i'm usually outside so i never wear mine because i'm not allowed to yeah yeah i gotcha oh that's interesting so do you live yeah. at home with your parents yeah with my mom okay okay and and your tortoise and your three dogs yeah my dad lives in Texas. Okay. So what do you do for fun? What I like to do for fun is just hang out and go places and travel. I think you've said stuff before you like to travel too. Yes. And on my bucket list, I have a very important place I want to go to. I want to go to England. I've always wanted to go to England. I had a camp counselor from England. He was so much fun. Like I would get away with a lot of stuff with him. But he was so fun and funny. It was just awesome. I just love people with British accents, and I just like it in general. I want to visit New York City for um, the Statue of Liberty or England, too, or the mm, Beatles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say to Steph that she probably knows a lot about the royal family then, if you like England. Do you follow all that? Uh, no. No. No good for you. It's kind of like a soap opera. Once you get in, you can't get out. It's just like oh, so yeah. interesting. Yeah. Just like the um, 
those drama shows with the engagements and all that other stuff. Oh my God. Steph is like, I am not having any of that. Uh, well, we're nearing the end of our time. So let's make sure that we talked about all the things that you want to talk about. Can you share with us your favorite part about having Williams syndrome? My favorite part of having Williams syndrome is that telling what Williams syndrome is to people who don't know and mm. what we love to do for fun and how we are. I That's agree. very awesome. I totally agree yeah. with that. Mm -hmm. We just make the day better when you meet us. Yeah. I know that was one of Steph's um, ideas when we were talking about this podcast, right? Is how can we introduce our community to um, the world because you guys have so many great qualities to share and your stories are so positive and uplifting and even when you go through hard stuff right there's stuff you guys are learning and sharing with us mm -hmm. that be beneficial so thank you both for that you're welcome oh, you're totally welcome all right Steph I think we got a closing question so you ask the last question and then we'll wrap it up okay do you have any siblings that you're close with I just have one brother he um He's playing football and ice hockey up in, in Iowa, but he got an offer for Kansas City to be a ride receiver coach. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Whoa. For two years before. Okay. Okay. At the, he's going to be in Kansas City, so a new place you get to visit. Yep. He's excited for it. Good yeah. for him. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. I, uh, like I said, I love meeting you. I always love to meet a new Williams syndrome face. I love that you and Steph share Beatles, Beatles love. Um, and I love that you're out there working. I'm all about employment for people with disabilities. So you having a job for five years and just kicking butt is really cool. Thank you. Can't wait to see you at the convention. It's going to be a blast. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Phoenix, here we come. <laughs> yep. Our special guest today is Sandra. She is a board of trustees member. She's a part of the Williams Syndrome Association. She also has a daughter with Williams Syndrome, and I'm excited to meet her and talk to her. How do you become a board member of the trustees? So the every about every August, the board typically sends out um, a message to the membership, letting them know that we are looking for new uh, board of trustees members. Almost every year, there's at least one board member phasing off. This year, it's actually a really large group of board members that are phasing off. I think we have five trustees who are term limited. So um, there will be several openings to the board this year. But um, once that mm -hmm. message goes out, we form a nominating committee on the board and the nominating committee accepts resumes and letters of interest. Um, and then from there, we'll um, interview the candidates and just talk to them generally about what it is to serve on the board of trustees for the WSA. And um, it, it just kind of compare that to what we need on the board. Sometimes, you know, like this year, our treasurer is going to phase off. So ha having somebody else with a good accounting or finance background is going to be important for uh, future years. But, you know, we just kind of look and see what the needs are of the organization, um, of the board itself, and go from there with, with selecting who the board members are going to be. Okay. And you usually have a couple of members that have Williams syndrome themselves, right? 
We do. Yes. This year for the first time, we actually have three adults with Williams syndrome. So I think our bylaws dictate that we have to have at least two. Um, but this year we, we expanded and we have three, um, Clancy Hopper and Brendan Lemieux and, um, Gianna Morello are adults with Williams syndrome. Um, remind me, you have had several, maybe, or maybe just a couple, maybe I'm just, um, speculating for you. You've been on the board for a while. Tell us about that journey, different positions that you've had up until now. Sure. So I became a board member, gosh, I think January of 2018 was when um, I onboarded. And uh, prior to that, I had relatively little involvement with the WSA. We um, created and hosted the Cleveland Walk for Williams starting in 2016. And I was the chair of the Columbus Convention finance efforts. So all of the fundraising for that. Um, But in, so let me think about this for a second. In 2015, our family actually, we we were faced with a really difficult situation uh, in terms of schooling for our daughter. The, The school district that we lived in was just really struggling to meet her individual needs. And we realized that some of the stuff that we were fighting for in our district was a given in other districts. So we moved and that was one of the first realizations that, um, you know, obviously we knew that parenting a child with a disability was incredibly difficult, but it was one of those, um, you know, aha moments where we realized that we had a a real opportunity to give our daughter the life that we thought that she deserved that some other families don't have the ability to do. Right. So, um, you know, that was one of those those initial aha moments where I was like, you know, maybe I, I need to do something more, right? I, I want to help in a in a more significant way, which is why I got involved and why we hosted the the Cleveland Walk and helped with the Columbus Convention. But then in the spring of 2017, um, Eden was undergoing what was supposed to be a very minor five minute procedure under anesthesia, and her heart stopped while she was on the operating table for 14 seconds. And we were at the best heart hospital in the world and it happened there and we advocated and knew what we were supposed to say. We knew what the protocol was supposed to be. You know, we did everything that we were supposed to do and it still happened. And that happened um, a couple of weeks before the white night event in New York city that year. And I think it was just kind of this like, you know, coming convergence of different things that are happening that I was like, you know, maybe now's the time, maybe I should um, step up and see what else we can do and how, how I can more meaningfully serve the Williams syndrome community. So I decided to throw my hat in the ring that year. And it was another year similar to this one where there were several openings and I was fortunate enough to be uh, put on the board the first year. I really just did as much as I could to learn um, and helped plan, I think the Baltimore convention uh, and then uh, the executive committee kind of shifted around and I had the opportunity to run for vice president of the board. So I was vice president of the board, my second and third years. And uh, then my fourth, fifth, and sixth, I've, I've been board chair. So I've also chaired the development committee the entire time I've been on the board, which is, I think, everybody's least favorite committee, right, who likes to ask for money. <laughs> uh, don't tell Joe I said that. He probably, he probably wouldn't like that very much. But um, yeah, it's been, it's been really amazing. I've been board chair. I was board chair when Terry announced her retirement and got to oversee the transition and the search for uh, the new executive director and getting Mary up and running these past, uh, I don't know, what, six, seven, eight months or so. It is amazing. And the work that you do, I know, is a lot behind the scenes. Um, so it really, when you speak about it, it it showcases the dynamics of what it takes to run an organization of this scope. 
size. I mean, we're a small community, but really like so much impact uh, that the board is is working on and working towards. So that's pretty exciting. Um, so you were mentioning that Eden, your daughter, had um, a really scary situation happen. Tell us a little bit about like how that journey has looked from parenting a child, um, toddler, you know, age, child age, now into a teen and young adult. Sure. So Eden wasn't diagnosed until she was just shy of her fifth birthday. Um, and while we uh, recognized some early challenges, she she didn't talk until she was four, but she hit really every other milestone on time, some even early. So, you know, I, I feel like some of those early infant and toddler days that I hear a lot about, we, we, we didn't we experience them much differently than what many other families do. So, um, you know, our diagnosis days were as preschool was ending and kindergarten was starting. And thankfully, she was already on an IEP for the speech issues. Um, but, you know, anyways, our, our full focus, I think, upon diagnosis was really the education piece. And that's what we dove into. Thankfully, she didn't have any major health concerns and still still really doesn't um, other than what has turned out to be a pretty complex heart that was undiagnosed prior. So, um, you know, it parenting a teen, I think we have an older son. So, I, you know, I can speak from a little bit of experience having parented a, a, someone who's already made it through the teen years. I don't, I don't know that it's any more challenging that she has a disability, to be quite honest. The things that I worry about in her day to day, I worried about in his day to day, right? Is she sitting with people at lunch, right? Are they having meaningful conversation? Is she a good friend? Are they good friends to her? Gosh, she has mm -hmm. a lot of homework and a ton of tests tonight, right? Like, you know, I, I think the focus that we, we've been hyper-focused still on the education piece and the social piece of raising her um, and just making sure that we're setting her up for the best possible outcomes through the transition phase and into employment. Uh, I think, you know, obviously I don't want to play it down as if the disability doesn't create additional challenges than what we face with our older son, but I, I truly do believe at the end of the day that she has, we have very typical concerns as it comes to, uh, you know, raising her and, and where she is in this phase of life. The thing that I found the most challenging though is we have spent a lot of time over the last, I don't know, four or five years teaching her that she has a voice and that she should use that voice to advocate for herself. And um, that means that I have to use my voice less, which I don't like to do, right? Like I'm not board chair by default. I, I talk too much. I speak up too much. I like to solve problems when I see them. Um, and so making sure that her voice is the loudest in the room has been what I have found to be the, the most challenging piece of raising. Uh, her especially because teenagers like they don't always make the best choices right like right. <laughs> or they don't mm -hmm. always have all the information in front of them so making sure that we're helping her sort through everything and and you know use her voice first is probably the I, I don't know maybe maybe that in, in itself is the biggest challenge of raising a teenager well, Steph, I think, was diagnosed at five as well. And um, my daughter, really? as you know, was diagnosed at five. Yep. So we all share a commonality of um, that age. I don't, I don't know why that's significant, but it's certainly a theme here. Is Steph, do you remember all of that stuff as a teen working on education and the social piece? Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, I didn't have a good experience in school. Because I got bullied a lot in school. I mean, a lot. But, um, like, I didn't have 
I only had one teacher that I could really trust and the other ones I couldn't because like the rest were mean to me and she was the only one that was really nice to me and we got along very well and like there was so much awful things going on in our school like people would put gum in my hair and I would have to go to the nurse's office and get my a chunk of hair cut out because people would put gum in my hoodies and you know just a bunch of awful things and I was really like depressed and I hated school I hated it so much and I'm just glad I'm out of that school because that school is a horrible school I'm so sorry to hear that yeah any good things happen in high school Mm. Not that I can remember, really. Not really. Were you involved in sports stuff? Um, no, I wasn't. But I've had a lot of other good experiences besides school, like going on vacations. I have been to Hawaii seven times. I've gone on cruises. Um, I Are you going to pack met- in your luggage the next time you go? Oh, I know, right? Everyone says that to yeah. me. I'm like, yeah, why not? <laughs> Are you a big animal person? Like, I know I have animals, and I love having animals in the house. They they help me out a lot with stress and anxiety and depression. So, yeah, we we're not huge animal people, but we got a puppy for our kids for Christmas. And you might appreciate the story when Eden was in seventh grade. She's not a freshman, but when she was in seventh grade, she had to write a persuasive essay, and it had to be a research essay. Right? A lot of a lot of her peers did specific issues, but Eden decided that her persuasive essay was going to be um, why she needed a dog, and you know how dogs benefit. Uh, their families and their caretakers. And so her teachers, you know, laughed at the time saying, you know, other kids have done this in the past. And then you really have no choice but to get them a dog. And I was like, no, 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 we don't have time for a dog. <laughs> well, that's why we, you know, we have five kids. So there's, there's no room for dogs. <laughs> right. But then over the summer, our kids all collaborated and created a PowerPoint presentation about why we needed a dog and what their responsibilities oh. were going to be and how they would help. And, at that point, we really just couldn't say no anymore. So I, right. he's converting. He's making me like <laughs> dogs a little bit more. Our puppy is. <laughs> His name's Huck, like Huckleberry. Oh, that's Aww. cute. Thanks. Yeah, you just have two cats, right, Steph? No yes, cats. I have two cats. What are their names? Sierra and Mocha. But we also might be getting two kittens because it was my birthday Friday. And I've been wanting kittens for a while, so we might be getting a brother and sister or sisters or whatever. And um, I want orange ones because I had an orange kitten when I was very little, and I absolutely love orange cats. So your favorite color is yellow, but orange is a quick runner-up, close runner-up. Kind of, yeah. (laughs) I really love orange cats. I think they're so sweet and friendly. Don't you volunteer at like a cat sh- shelter? Yes, I do. I volunteer at Dobster, which um every week they get in new kittens. Like every week they have adoption week. Every week they have different things going on. But the cats come from Florida to the shelter. 
So it's very unique and interesting to see the different cats that they have. And we make cat toys for the cats. So it's great volunteering there. I love it there. Have you volunteered anywhere else? Um, the Palace Theater. Um, and I volunteer at a food pantry at the church. And that's it. But I would say that you are very busy. You have got a lot going on. Oh, my God. All the time. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yep. Do you like, is that how you prefer? Do you prefer to be busy? Yeah, because yeah. if I get bored, um, <laughs> I get bored very easily. So I just want to like go out and do something fun and volunteer and help out as much as I can. Was the pandemic pretty hard on you, Steph? Oh, yes, very yeah. hard. Yeah, I think it's a good question, um, maybe for Sindra. So Eden, as she's 15 now, like what are, and I, our journeys feel the same, right? Like you were talking about your journey and I was like, oh, I'm right there with you. Um, tell us about just where she's at right now. And, and you mentioned employment. It's like a love of mine. I'm so interested in it. Does she have any goals and dreams of what she wants to do? She does. So she is she, right now we have her, she's fully included um, in all of her ninth grade um, classes. It's been a huge inclusion has been a big, uh, it, it's been a big passion point of mine since I mean, pre diagnosis, right, but especially then after, you know, formal diagnosis and knowing where she's at. And so um, she's, she's always been fully included with her peers, but I'm going to tell you something, high school, man, it, it's no joke. <laughs> I feel like our goal had always been to prepare her for college and to, you know, that that would be the next natural step. And she's finding her, her dream job is actually to be a para educator in um, a classroom uh, for, you know, other individuals with disabilities. She's most uh, specifically interested in working with like third grade through fifth graders. She really likes, she doesn't, you know, she, she's like, I don't want to work with the really little ones. I'd rather work with um, a little bit older kids, but she's, she's, you know, over middle school and high school. She thinks that, you know, that earlier age group is perfect. But so, you know, with, with a job like that, she's trying to figure out whether or not college is what she wants to do. Um, there is, uh, a, a, like a career technical program through our high school where she could get certified to be a preschool like teacher through this program, maybe not a certification, but some exposure and some interest. So she's really just trying to hash through what the options are at high school to figure out, you know, whether or not there's anything that she could do um, prior to graduation to set her up for the right career path. Um, and it's something that we're just really starting to dive into what the what the options truly are, right? We we know we're I've I've become familiar with organizations like Creative Spirit and the options that they create for individuals with disabilities. And I think right now they're really centered and focused in New York and Connecticut. But I would love to have um, you know something like that here where we could really explore it um, a little bit more meaningfully. I, yeah, it's. It's, I, but I feel like there's a lot of pressure, right? There's a lot of pressure on kids this mm -hmm. age in general to figure out what's next and what they want to be when they grow up. And some days, you know, Eden will tell you she wants to be a vet tech. One day she just randomly was like, I'm going to work in a realtor's office. It's like, even, do you even know what a realtor does? Like, <laughs> tell me, tell me what you would do. Right? Like it's, I, I feel like it's a moving target. But at the end of the day, she she almost always goes back to paraeducator, which is really, I think it would be really cool if she were able to, um, it, it, that feels very full circle to me, right? <laughs> no, that's cool. Um, 
It would be. Yeah. Stella's last IEP meeting, which was just a month ago, they had her put together a PowerPoint and they mm -hmm. asked her what she wanted to do. And I was very quick at that meeting to be like, this is not set in stone. This is yeah. just what she said today. <laughs> like, right. Things that we we could possibly do in our career. Let's not just focus on that one um, because okay. you're right, right? Like, or just like any other kids, they have diverse interests and talents, and we want them to explore that. So, what she might want exactly. to do today may not be when she gets out of school. So, that's pretty cool. Um, and I think it's why you, you know ultimately we're really pushing for her to stay. I'm sorry. Um, it's why we're really pushing her to stay like on an educational track in high school rather than you know looking at some of the different options just because i mean we we really would like her to have a, a more traditional high school experience she loves basketball and she loves you know being part of all of the sports activities and the social events and we want to make sure that she's you know with her peers and able to, to do that because she can she can explore some of the employment stuff post high school right and but not but not still be in the high school at that point so yeah absolutely no that's wonderful steph um, I think we're wrapping up here. We're close to the end of our time. What other questions do you have for Syndra or did we answer them all? Do you guys have the Best Buddies program? So, you know, there is a Best Buddies program in Northeastern Ohio. We have not plugged into it, but our high school has something called the ABC Club. Um, and it's, it's like, uh, I forget exactly. I think it's Aurora Buddies Club is what it stands for. And so it's modeled after Best Buddies. Um, but Eden was very adamant that she would like to be a peer in in that group, that she did not want to, um, you know, be mentored. She wanted to be the mentor. So we're really grateful that our school has uh, worked with her on that and, you know, that they're mindful of her hopes for participation in that club. Um, and but but I'm glad that you asked that. It, I should really go look into the organization, oh, yes. the, the, the larger organization, too. Yes, I'm in the best buddies program. Are you? I absolutely love it. That's exciting. Yeah. What else are you involved in? Do you are you involved in any other organizations like that, Steph? Um, no, actually, my mm -hmm. sister was the one that, that told me about best buddies, and that's how I got started. I did have a best buddy, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. But you can do a survey and you get to meet a person and if you like them you pick them so it's really cool it's really it's really fun i mean they have great events that you can go to yeah. and bring your family like i brought my sister a few times i mean well we have to we'll have to have this like cyber conversation about best buddies because i'm just delving into best buddies too so we'll have uh, to we'll have that one offline and you can tell us all about it Exactly. Well, yes, does Stella awesome. like sports, Jen? Oh, yeah, she does. She, well, she says she does today. She yeah. said, today she's, but I don't, ask me in like three weeks when she starts Unified Basketball. <laughs> we found the organization um, Team Impact. Are you familiar? Yeah. Eden participated as a member of the Case Western Reserve University women's basketball team and just loved it. I, I mean, they invited her to practices and she got to practice with them. She was announced at every game and got to sit, you know, on the sideline with them and huddle with them. It was really, it was really, really cool. She enjoyed it immensely. She did it through middle school. Mm -hmm. That's pretty fun. Stella likes to sing the Star Spangled Banner. And like, oh. I think some 
it's just like this is what I I envisioning that like she will end up not liking to play sports that she will just want to go to the games and like sing get in and get out yeah. didn't she sing at a baseball game recently like last fall yep that's what she wants to do that's like her dream uh, I love we it. could create a job yes where she did that like yes. you're gonna go these events and you're only gonna sing the star single banner <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much Sindra I enjoyed learning about you and I know Steph you did too yes so much for having me you're welcome you've been listening to the starry-eyed effect presented by the Williams syndrome association the show is hosted by Jennifer Keaton and Stephanie Karen and produced by me Joel Lisbon theme song by Tommy Barbarella and Mariella Elm got a question for Steph and Jen email us at podcast at Williams hyphen syndrome.org Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and maybe it will get featured on a future episode. Make sure to like and subscribe to The Starry-Eyed Effect wherever you get your podcast delights.